Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. Top of the Mormon to ya. That was so dumb. <laughs> Jacob Bookout made me do it. Just it, was a gr- it was a group effort. I dared him and he took it. He don't back down from dares. I should have known better. I I never back down from dares. I love dares. Um, And so if you were uh, with us uh, last week, we talked about really just scratched the surface on Catholicism, kind of the origins of the Roman Catholic Church, where we've seen some pitfalls, where um, we've even seen like some fruit uh, and and some beauty in the in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, and just really encourage our listeners. Like, hey, here here's the the doctrine. Like, here's the the orthodoxy that you that you need to pursue if you're going to be in the Roman Catholic. If you're going to consider yourself a Catholic, here's the pitfalls you need to avoid, and and here's the path you have to take. And so today, uh, we're talking about a question that's been been asked in the same vein about the the Mormon church, or if you know any Mormons, they'd much rather be called, you know, the church of the Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what do we do with with the church of of the Latter-day Saints? Like how do we communicate? How do we view them? Is it the same as the Catholic church? Is it, is it different than how we view the Catholic church and, and why or, or why not? Uh, they are completely different. Um, we can partner with our Catholic brothers and sisters. Um, and while there are big distinctions, like we talked about last episode, um, we are all Christians, whereas you look at the Church of Latter-day Saints, and um, they would consider themselves Christian, um, but we would not. Um, there are big enough distinctions that are pivotal to our faith that are completely different um, that make the Church of Latter-day Saints um, no longer Christian. And I mean, the biggest one being that we do not worship the same God, right? Like we use the name Jesus or we use the name um, like Father, but we are not talking about the same Father or the same Jesus. And so there are big enough distinctions that with Mormonism, um, while we can be friends with our Mormon brother, uh, with our Mormon friends, like we, we would not say that we are in the same religion as them. Mm. And we'll get to that. And I, I hope today's discussion ends with what is the path forward look like? How do we build relationships with, with our Mormon, Mormon friends? And so, but let's, let's start where we did last time on kind of how, how did the church of Latter-day Saints even, even come about? Uh, yeah, they're basically the, um, the origins, the founding, um, of the church revolved around a guy named Joseph Smith. Um, he was born out in Vermont, so he's out on the East coast. Uh, this was the very beginning of the 1800s and, uh, Joseph Smith, he grew up in kind of a couple different, just normal, like what we would say is normal Christian denominations. Um, he grew up in like some Methodist and, uh, Presbyterian, um, denominations of churches, uh, something that I think a, a lot of people don't know is that he also, I think from his dad, learned like divination and like messed around with some like 
witchcraft, witchcrafty, like what we would say is like sorcery, sorcery. like witchcrafty type stuff. Um, and so, which back then, well, especially like all throughout the periods of just more early American history, super normal. Like that type of stuff was happening all the time back from the beginnings of like the Salem witch trials all the way through the 1800s. Um, and so he has this type of background and what kicked the whole event that kind of kicks off the beginnings is that he has this like vision mm-hmm. of the, um, th- there's like this angel and then these like, there's these two other divine beings who, which eventually kind of comes around and says, Hey, this was the father and Jesus. And um, almost similarly to how like Moses gets the 10 commandments on these tablets. Yeah. He receives these like golden plate things with inscriptions on it. That is eventually what he would say is this um, a new revelation. Yeah about the people of God that the church throughout its history since like kind of Pentecost up until that point had become apostate. They were not following the true way of God anymore. And that um, there's all this other information about what God was doing, like in the Americas during the like history of the church, but that now or early 1800s was going to be the beginning of what some people call like the third Testament. So you have like, like the Old Testament, the New Testament, this is another testament. It's another divine revelation about the realities of of God and that he was supposed to kind of lead the charge on this. Yeah, and this was happening in what we call the the second great awakening. And so there was talks of of revival and those those type of discussions going going around in the church at the time. And so right in the middle of that, I mean, he's in his like early 20s. He gets this revelation. These angels tell him, hey, there's these plates here. You're going to start this new church. He called it. He just called it the Church of Christ, I believe. Yeah, the Church of Christ later would be called the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Basically what Jacob's saying, this third testament is like saints that have come later Mm -hmm. is what, what the church was called. And then today, I feel like a lot of people call it the Mormon, the Mormon Church, based on uh, the Book of Mormon that that he he received. And so, what what was written in these gold tablets uh, that that is this new and and fresh revelation that wasn't included in in the new Testament that we have as Christians. Um, so a lot of it was, uh, so some of the background to like almost giving validity to the claim that the church is apostate and that something new is now happening here via what like God had been doing in the Americas basically, which involved like native peoples who lived here, like all these different things. Um, But there are, (laughs) there's a lot of things wrapped up in the the book of Mormon, which has, if you want to look it up, you can even just look up how did the book of Mormon come into existence. And that whole story is like wild, even exactly like what, happened as far as like writing it and dictating it and all that type of stuff. Um, but there are some, some big things like where did, like, who is God? Where did he come from? Um, ac- according to Mormon or church, Latter-day Saint doctrine, uh, God is this, is a created being 
who was like human, who eventually was elevated, um, ascended to godhood. And through, after that happening, what we understand is like, like the big ideas of creation and spirituality with Jesus, his son, the spirit, Satan, all these things came from God. And, uh, part of like a big um almost like the big thread of the book of mormon is alongside these histories and teachings about who god is and how we even receive like atonement and forgiveness of sin um the end goal is that we would end up becoming like god in this like spirit realm which we also initially started in like everybody, all of humanity started as spirits before. And then we were sent to earth to be human. And then we returned back to spirits, which is like another basically like work our way to become gods. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And so, and this is one of the things that gets, um, if you're talking with somebody who's a part of the church, most of the time they're not going to say this, um, explicitly, but the idea of becoming like God or like Jesus, um, is a, honestly, it's almost similar to like the garden narrative. It's like, Hey, if y'all eat of this, you will be like God. You will ascend to divinity to where you actually rule and reign as a God. Um, and that that's like the big end goal. And the way that you do that is following, um, some of these like main principles of Mormonism, some of which you can even do post death, like in the afterlife to where eventually you ascend to like this highest level of like realized spirituality is, yeah. is the idea of it. Um, and so that's like the big goal that the book of Mormon is like moving you towards that starts in kind of the, the history and the, the self validation of, um, why the church is legitimate is kind of how it rolls. Yeah. And a lot of those things just come from Joseph Smith and what he was teaching. Um, and then some of them you can find in the Book of Mormon as well. But the Book of Mormon um, came from like the translation of these golden tablets that that Joseph Smith had, which he, which no one ever saw. I mean, there were two men, two of his friends um, kind of backed him in the beginning. They said, oh, yeah, like, like Joseph got these golden tablets. They were from God. Um, but then later, if you track the history... Um, if you go back, th those men uh, recanted of that. They were like, uh, actually, no, we, we didn't actually see that. Um, and so there's no, there's no proof of these actual tablets from God. Um, but Joseph Smith, he, he builds this entire new religion because prior to all of this, he had gone out into the woods and he had prayed, God, I don't know which denomination is the right one. Like, I don't know which one um, like it is true, which sounds like a pretty like, heartfelt prayer, you know, like there have been oftentimes where I'm talking to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, like, like what is true? Um, but that's when I go back to his scripture <laughs> and then I, I, I go and I find answers. But, but Joseph Smith said that he received a vision from God saying, none of them are true. And actually I'm going to show you the truth. And that's where later on Joseph Smith goes and he creates this false religion. Um, and he gets a following and he does all of these things. And so, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of just very different doctrines, kind of, um, Jacob, you got into some of them, but that's kind of like a little bit more history into how uh, the Latter-day Saint movement came about. Yeah. <clears throat> and so let's talk about the differences in doctrines. The, the Mormon church has four main books that they would consider holy. They, they do view the Bible as mm -hmm. 
as the word of God. Uh, they have the Book of Mormon, obviously, but then they also have uh, what they call DNC or Doctrines and Covenants, and then the Pearl of Great Price. Um, and what's interesting about it is if you would really press someone in the LDS church about it, about the even some of the inconsistencies between, let's say, the Book of Mormon and the New Testament, and, and you showed them how, like, hey, these things don't, they cannot go together. They'll say that that because the Book of Mormon came later, that that it's the true word of God because it's it came to correct mm-hmm. some of the the errors, so to speak, in in the Bible. And so, so some of these these differences, most of these differences come from, from that kind of mindset. Hey, yeah, we like the Bible and some of the stories it tells about Jesus and certain teachings, but anywhere that, that our newer books contradict that, that book, the, the old Testament, new Testament, our, our book trumps that. And so what are some of these, these differences? Well, I even want to add that, um, Yes, they hold to the Bible, but only specific translations of the Bible, which are changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will um, like approve of the the King James version, but they also have um, another version. Oh goodness, and it's slipping my mind what their version is titled. But uh, maybe one of you can look it up. But um, their translation of Scripture um, it has it, it changes things. So specifically, I mean, you go to John chapter one, and the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and, and that whole like passage, it's it's changed. Um, it's missing it's missing some things in their translation, and and so all these passages that we as Christians would go to that claim the deity of Jesus Christ, um, the the uh, Mormon translation of the Bible. It, it doesn't have that. And it allows them to kind of say, oh no, like, like that's not true. Like Jesus isn't, he wasn't there at the beginning. He isn't the creator, um, which is a very fundamental difference uh, to Christianity. And that's kind of why I said in the beginning, you know, we may use the same name, Jesus, but we're not worshiping the same person. Yeah. And so first and foremost, right off the bat, like the big one is that we, we do not have the same God mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the, the Mormon church might use some of the same language, but kind of attribute different definitions. And so like, like you have both said, <clears throat> the father, God, the father worked his way up to that. Jesus, the son worked his way up to becoming God in, in, in the Mormon church, just like we can work our way up to becoming, uh, becoming like God and, and actually becoming gods in the Mormon church. Um, also the, the view of heaven and the afterlife. If you, if you listen to our podcast a couple weeks ago, where we talked about heaven, the Mormon view of heaven is completely different. There's actually levels to heaven. Uh, their goal is to get to the highest level of heaven, which is like where only gods can go. And they, they would say that, if you're like a Protestant or evangelical Christian that you're either one or two levels like below that and they can come visit you in the afterlife, but, but you can't go back. You can't go up mm-hmm. um, and visit them. Yeah. And there are some levels where Jesus will visit as well. Um, but if you are like someone who 
uh, speaks against the LDS church publicly, and then you are like way towards the bottom. Like that's not a, a level of heaven that Jesus will ever visit you in. Um, so it's kind of, it's very interesting. And there are things that you can do uh, here on this earth that allow you to be in certain levels. Um, so marriage is a huge thing within the LDS church. And um, they have this kind of saying like mar- families are forever. Um, and that's a big thing where if you get married, you know, your, your husband will be able to usher you, the wife into heaven and things like that. Um, but also if you, um, so say like me not knowing anything about, uh, the Mormon church, I die and, um, you know, I'm, I'm dead. I'm no longer here on this earth. Um, the, the Mormon church, what they can do is they have these things called baptisms for the dead. And they're, I mean, oh my goodness, the LDS church has an incredible ancestry, uh, just, um, like a database. They, uh, they own (laughs) ancestry.com, which is crazy. Um, and and they they own so much land or maybe it's 23 and me, maybe it's 23 and me. I can't remember which one. Um, but, uh, they do these things called baptisms for the dead where if, um, say one of their relatives passes away, they weren't part of the LDS church. Um, If I were um, a good member of the LDS church, I could go and I could be baptized on behalf of my family member so that what happens is, okay, they're in this spiritual realm, um, but now because someone on earth has been baptized on behalf of me, I have the opportunity to accept that baptism and then go to a different level of heaven. and so that's that's the idea behind baptisms for the dead, and that's why they do them so that they can like give their like family members and ancestry a chance to be with like heavenly Father, uh, which is um, not found in scriptures. So us as Protestants would not practice that at all. Yeah, and um, there's like a, we're saying like a lot of just aspects about the church um, that especially if you're hearing about this for the first time, you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, so w- one thing that I like to do when, especially looking at um, false religions and, or even like sometimes denominations and teachings and stuff like that now is to think about on a broad spectrum, what do these fall into? And I kind of like think about these various teachings that make up the LDS church as um, a mix of Gnosticism. Yep. Um, partial universalism uh and also just like montanism i mean yeah there's like so many things but the reason that i say that is because it's the basis of it is on a new revelation from god that changes the scriptures and what we have held according to what the apostles have taught that only a certain type and amount of people really have access to and you have to go to them to get it um, the whole goal in life, I like what you're talking about with the, the afterlife move, um, is basically the terrestrial, which is like the first level is for kind of just anybody who is not a Mormon and they like, weren't really that good of a person. It's kind of like not the absolute lowest level, but for most people you'll end up there. The second level, which is telestial is for those who were good people Um, but they didn't accept the teachings of the Mormon church. So most like all of us would fall into that because they would say, yeah, you guys are good people, but you don't accept the teachings of the church. So you end up on this level. The highest level celestial is that you were both morally good 
and you accepted and did all of the ordinances and teachings of the Mormon church. And the more you do those, the higher in authority and privilege you end up Mm -hmm. getting to the point where you could become a God and rule over your own planet is like the idea. The only people who don't end up in one of those levels, which are all considered heaven are people who, um, lived very bad immoral lives and also committed the unpardonable sin um, or also which it's not officially stated but most people attribute that to if you apostatize from the church it's like hell basically is the idea but there's not as many people who go there most people end up in one level and you can work your way up and so it's kind of like it's for everybody to different degrees and it matters how moral and good you were based on this unique revelation that only we got and we have the authority over. So yeah, part of it's like how much you give to the church, to Mm -hmm. the Mormon church as well. Uh, if you go on mission or not. Um, and so if, if there seems like there's some, some frustration with like the church of Latter-day Saints, I want to make it very clear. It's with the people in authority in those churches. And it's, some of my best friends growing up like <clears throat> were were heavily involved in the Mormon church. We were in high school. We would talk about it all the time. And I was I was in a Presbyterian church. And I bet 99% of what we talked about, also I didn't know a lot what I was talking about, but most of what we talked about, we would say, oh yeah, we kind of agree on the same things. But what the Mormon church does is, the further in that you get, the more they start to reveal all of these doctrines and covenants and practices and and things that that are completely different from Christianity and all, a lot of these things that we would call heretical. They 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 kind of like try and get you into the church um, as far as possible and as deep as possible before they'll start to reveal those types of things yeah yeah i i think it is important uh to note that if you have an a friend who's lds they're probably one of the nicest people you've ever met (laughs) i think there are there's such an emphasis within their families and within what they're taught of hospitality and generosity and and all of these really amazing things, which I love. Um, but yeah, I think that the deeper you go, the more you learn, and um, it's it's a bit tricky, you know. Like I, I've met with a handful of, of missionaries and we've had some discussions and and then they'll bring in like the wards which are the people who are kind of the local congregation leaders of the local congregations and um like i've talked to a bishop before and and the deeper you go in those levels um, and the more you ask about some of their doctrines um the messier it gets and and i've sat in front of uh, the sweetest man that I think I've ever met um, here in Northwest Arkansas last summer. And I was asking him very specific questions about their doctrines um, and, and just like, okay, so like if someone is really good, what does it look like? Like, can they have their own planet? Like all these things and asking them things that come from doctrines and covenants, like their authoritative scripture. And his response was, yeah, I mean, we don't really believe that anymore. And, and I think that kind of, that kind of caught me off guard um, because I was expecting him to say, yeah, like that is, that is what we believe. Like those are our doctrines that we stand by. And yep, it's a little hard to understand them. But instead he told me, yeah, nah, like 
that's fine. Um, just, we don't really talk about that anymore. And that really threw me off because if, if we as Protestant Christians are holding on to the Bible scripture as our ultimate authority, even the parts we don't like, we are saying that is of God. And like, that is what we are going to live our lives by. Um, but to have someone, and I don't, I don't know what, what the truth was in that. I don't know if that is something that they still abide by, or if he was just kind of sharing that to make me feel better about it. But, um, I think we have to be really careful with, um, what we view as authoritative and just know that there are a lot of distinctions within us in the, the LDS church. Yeah, and we could we could probably list a, a lot of other things, but I feel like if we're just trying to scratch the surface today, um, I feel like we did a decent job. I would say a great resource, and this is not this is like a it's more of a story. And so for those of you that don't really want to know about like heady doctrine and stuff like that, but you want to understand the Mormon Church <clears throat> just a little bit better through like a real life narrative, it's called Unveiling Grace. Um, it was one of my favorite books I read last year. Um, it's about a family that is kind of grappling with some of these truths and inconsistencies about uh, the Christian church and Mormonism and, and understanding what to do next. And so let's end with, if if you have a college student in front of you who one of their best friends is Mormon and they just want to start the conversation with them and they just want to like create a dialogue. Where should they start? How should they start? Gosh, I would, I mean, I would start with the gospel and, and talking about Jesus and what he's done and why he's done it and the meaning behind that. And a lot of the words that, that they may be saying might sound the same, but I would ask the question, Hey, what do you mean by that? And I would continue to, just ask furthering questions um, for this LDS friend to um, just be able to explain a bit more of, of what they're believing. Uh, because if you keep asking those questions, um, that's where we see those differences. Yeah. Um, most of the people that I've talked to who were in the Mormon church and ended up leaving was because of some experiences from church teaching that were like obvious that played out in their lives to be obviously um, harmful, not true, and even sometimes abusive. And um, that was their reason. Everybody else that I've talked to who has remained and even talking about like, okay, what is it that you believe? Um, if they don't have the experience of like what you're talking about, where the gospel, like the truth that God has given us has intersected their lives in some way to op to, kind of help them understand sometimes it can be hard for them to even really like consider what you're saying is true. And so I, I would also say sticking with the gospel and asking experienced questions about their life in regards to what type of life Jesus offers us. And then you modeling that for them mm. and counting on probably a long game. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like sure. a go like try to convert people who are part of the LDS church it's, hey, if you know people like that, if you end up meeting people like that through work or whatever, man, befriend them, live like Jesus with them, talk about their life in regards to the gospel and kind of let them bring stuff up. And and a lot of times they will bring stuff like that up. Yeah, and so whether you're talking with Catholic friends or Mormon friends or uh, Muslim friends, I think what's, what's huge about this is 
doing it like Jesus did, coming at it out of a perspective of of love, first and foremost, creating relationship, and then holding that tension between what what Jesus would say, grace and truth. Not backing down from from what we believe is is true, but doing in a doing it in a way that's that's loving and humble and, and full of grace and it invites them in to to the better life that 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 we have. And so I know again we just kind of scratched the surface there. We're, we're always down to talk about this and help you as you process this along the way. And so until next week, grace, grace and peace. peace.